Welcome to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week, we have our good friend, Corey Mikes, from Fat Boys Barbecue out of Temple, Texas. Corey cooks with his dad, Danny, and both have been stalwarts of Texas barbecue for a long time. This interview has a lot of practical advice, a lot of real thought, and a ton of great stories. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Corey Mikes. This episode is brought to you by the Barbecue League. The Barbecue League is the ultimate barbecue experience. Here's why. One small annual investment from you instantly unlocks all 70-plus tell-all recipes, enthusiast recipes, restaurant tours, and more in their unmatched library. This isn't your typical YouTube-type content. World champions like Get and Basted, Shake and Bake Barbecue, Heavy Smoke Barbecue, La Pasadita Barbecue, and 913 Barbecue share their full tell-all recipes. No secret is left unsaid, and a new video release is guaranteed every single week of your membership. You'll also see unfiltered looks from all levels of pitmasters during their live competition coverage. And those same pitmasters are accessible through the league's upbeat online community. As soon as you sign up, you'll also have a full arsenal of some of the best discounts in barbecue from brands like Snake River Farms, Blues Hog, Big Papa Smokers, Gunter Wilhelm, Gateway Drum Smokers, and more. The Barbecue League puts on members-only contests throughout the year, hosts live and virtual events, and offers a full-access league lounge at participating events. Listeners to this podcast can receive $10 off of the $100 annual membership this month only by using the code JUNEPITMASTER, all capital letters, all one word, JUNEPITMASTER, on thebarbecueleague.com. Well, we are here this week with Corey Mikes from... Fat Boys Barbecue. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good. You've been cooking a lot. <laughs> you know it's it's been a it's been an interesting year. Definitely not cooking as much as I wanted to. Uh, really kind of in time in life that uh, being pulled in multiple directions, and it's it's good and bad, you know. Um, yeah. My wife and I we we had our third child this last uh, November into November, so I got a oh. six month old at home. <laughs> I got a five-year-old and a two-year-old and it's like kind of getting them up and running with some activities and definitely keeping me busy. So if I'm not cooking, I'm doing something. Absolutely. So Plus you got to keep your dad in line. That's right. That's, that's a full-time <laughs> job in itself. So, You're one of the, mom, go ahead. I was going to say my, my mom's been trying to keep him in line for shoot. I don't know how long they've been married. 36, 37 years. And I don't think she's figured it out yet, so I sure as heck don't know either. <laughs> you guys got to be one of the most successful father-son teams out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's really cool. Like, you know, when, when I grew up, Dad was cooking, and he was um, he was like a big deal. You know, of course, back then it was, it was a little different in that, you know, we didn't have all the social media. And, but, you know, like – like I remember when I started cooking, he told me, and I remember these stories, we blew out a tire. I think we were going to like Tennessee one year. Um, and I was probably, you know, seven, eight years old. And we pulled into a Walmart to get a tire. And they announced on the intercom, like, Hey, fat boys barbecues here. Like, and dad had to sign a bunch of autographs. And so that, you know, I remember dad telling me like, Hey, if you get good enough, you know, someday you'll be signing autographs. And I laughed at that. Um, I haven't signed any autographs, so I guess I'm not that good, but, um, <laughs> it's just different time. You know, it's, it's cool to, to be able to, in in a way follow in his footsteps and, 
you know, like competition barbecue, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of ever evolving and, you know, um, it takes a lot to keep up with, keep up with the Joneses in a lot of ways, you know, some guys do better than others. And then for me, like, I feel like I just get lucky a lot, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel the same way. And I'm, I'm trying to recall the first time that we met and I want to say, was it King of the Smokers? I think it might have been King of the Smokers. You know, actually, what? Let's see. When did we go to King of the Smokers? Was it 2017, or what? Was it 2018? I think it was the. I think it was the. The winter of 2016. Was it the winter of 2016? Yeah, because think- that that was the year we were Chicken Team of the Year, and that's why we got okay. Got to okay, come that, out there. Yep. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I remember seeing, you know, we came up to the banquet that year and that's the only banquet we went to. And in part, we, uh, we went to the drum, the drum guys class, which was, you know, that was entertaining in itself, you know, got, got a little that's bit of right. knowledge, got some good entertainment. Uh, <laughs> the inter- you know, the entertainment values never really hyped up online like it should be. They, they give a lot of good info, but if I go to another class anytime soon, I'm going to try to go back to that one just for the sheer laughs that it brings, but <laughs> Yeah, so we they did it the weekend of the uh, the banquet, and so we went ahead and did the uh, the banquet and that class, and it was it was a good time. That's right, that class. Um, was I think out I of finished. The... I, I got it actually on the wall. I finished seventh seventh in chicken that year. I think I cooked nineteen contests that year. Nineteen yeah, KCBS. That's, that's an awesome batting average right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I remember that man, class was it, at the. Kansas City Barbecue Store, wasn't it? Yep, yep, it was. Um, That's right. <laughs> and it was like, I think the high all weekend. Of course, being a Texas guy, you know, I'm I'm used to like, like 40 degrees is cold. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got some people going to drink right here. But yeah, like 40 degrees is cold, you know. And I get up there, and I think the high all weekend was like 15 degrees. And um, I, uh, the last morning, we were like trying to race a blizzard out of there, and it was forecasted <laughs> to hit at like 7 a.m. So we we're like we'll get on the road at six and be an hour ahead of it, you know, and hopefully get South before it, we woke up to like six inches, eight inches of snow. And yep. that was like, Oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> I remember that. So, that was a good time. <laughs> that was a good time. But yeah, so I guess it was, it, it was out of King and Smoker. We first met, which that was, you talk about like bucket, bucket list items. You know, that was, that was probably my bucket list. I, and Oh yeah, it was a complete a result out there. But uh, I I didn't give a crap how I finished. I just wanted to be there, you know. Yeah, um, same same it here. Just, it was, yeah. <laughs> I agree, man. It was being in the uh, yeah. So that, that was awesome. The, That's something that you know. My, you know, my dad he missed out on. He had had I think a knee surgery. Um, like a week or two prior and he considered trying to move his surgery date to make it. He just, you know, it was one of those, like he'd been on the books for six months, needed to get it done. He missed out on it, but I, you know, I wish he would have been there. Um, cause it was a freaking, it was awesome. Yeah. That was a great time. Well, let's get into some of the podcast questions here. Um, yeah. Cause I could sit there and talk, share stories with you all day. Yeah. Be, yeah. That actually would be a good podcast too. That, that would um, be a good one. <laughs> How has uh, your career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master, a competitive pit master? 
Yeah. So, you know, this is actually something that, um, I don't know if a lot of people are going to see this correlation, but it's definitely something that, uh, that I think has influenced me. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I uh, graduated nursing school in 2013 and I went into the operating room and ended up and really, really 2014 is kind of when I started getting quasi serious about competition. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, I'd grown up around barbecue. It's something that, you know, I like to say it's in my blood and it's something that, you know, my, my grandfather did before my dad and, you know, competitions weren't really a thing, but so the, the operating room, it, it's very like, it's very detail oriented, you know, it's, uh, you gotta have a, a plan and, a you know, a plan B and a plan C. And, you know, a lot of that is what I do in barbecue too, is it's like, yeah, I have a plan every, every cook-off I go and it's, it's how I execute it is what my plan is kind of what it evolves into, you know, and a lot of times plan A doesn't, isn't what I end up at. Um, you know, a lot of times I'm on those, on those detours just based on how the cook went, but you know, it's always you're in salvage mode, you know, you want to, you want to have the best outcome you can. And, uh, same way in surgery, you know, it's like, you don't you don't want to do any harm, you know, it's just, you just want to kind of, uh, get safe safely through everything. And it's kind of like that in barbecue. So there's that. And, you know, of course my parents opened a restaurant and I think it was probably, let's see, I think I was in sixth grade. So I would have been about 2001. Mm -hmm. And like, when I say that day one, I was here as an employee, that's, that's like not a, not a lie. Like day one, I remember getting out of school that day and it's like, Oh, we're going to the restaurant, being excited and coming down here and walking into a mountain of dishes in the kitchen. And dad was like, okay, wash the dishes, <laughs> you know? And so it, it started, it started there, um, kind of an apprenticeship, I guess. Uh, but it ended up, you know, I, by, by the time I was like 13 years old and my brothers too, I've got four brothers. So, um, in a lot of ways, like I think mom and dad, they, they paid us. Um, uh, but it was more of like, uh, incentivizing your, uh, allowance, you know, like if you want an allowance, you got to work for it. <laughs> Right. It was, it wasn't much in a way it was like free labor. <laughs> sure. Um, but you know, I was like 13 years old trimming briskets and seasoning briskets and smoking briskets. And, you know, I like to think that, you know, a lot of guys, even comp guys that have been doing this a long time, like I've cooked a lot more, uh, just volume, not the same style, but definitely volume than a lot of guys, um, you know, and, and I didn't necessarily have every aspect of it, you know, where I did every part of it, but um, I was always doing something, you know, every single day I was a part of it. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference in terms of, oh, yeah. you know, you people, I always ask them, they're like, how, or people always ask me, how did I get better? And it's because I cooked a bunch and cooked, a, yeah. you know, practiced a bunch. And, you know, I just think even, you know, now doing a lot more catering and things like that, I'm still cooking meat and I'm still. Right. And you're still learning, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the thing. Like I, I nerded out with barbecue because it's one of those things, like no matter like, like who it is, what product comes out, what it, like, there's, there's never that magic bullet. Like there's never going to be something it's like, or to cook, um, the perfect rib, you know, it's always like, you know, to get to that result that you want, like not every single one of my cooks go the same way. Right. You know, and so that trial and error of when, when it was cold and rainy and wind gusts, you might, you might be able to translate that to when you're up in the mountains at, you know, 8,000 feet, 
you know, with high winds, you know, it's, you can translate all those, uh, encounters, you know, all over the country. Right. So that definitely helps you. And it gives you a lot of confidence, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that confidence is one of the keys to success in this hobby. I, I, oh, for I don't sure. Call it a, I don't call it a sport. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if it, if it was a sport, we'd all be in way better shape. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. There's, there's this aspect that's just sheer, like mental, you know, you're, you're cooking against yourself. And that's really like when I roll into a contest, like, like I cooked a contest this last weekend that was 68 teams and it's a local contest. And it's one of my dad's best friends. It's his name's it's a memorial contest. So I'm, I'm going to cook every day, every year that it rolls around just just because of what it's about you know but you know you, you can roll into a contest with 68 teams and be really intimidated but really at the end of the day like i i had a plan going in like i know that this is what i'm looking for on my brisket ribs and chicken mm. and it's it's just i'm competing against myself can i can i get you know get the result that i wanted you know i really thought that my my ribs and brisket were really really good um i wasn't mm-hmm. super happy with my chicken and lo and behold, like a third place rib and ninth place brisket. I hit a finals table in chicken, which was somewhere between like 16th and 20th. Uh But you know, it's one of those, like I knew going in that my chicken was my weakest category. And I actually told dad that, you know, like with a contest that big, I really needed a top 10 chicken call. I really, you know, and I, I told him a top seven, if I can get a top seven chicken call, you know, I felt like I could win the contest. And when it didn't come, you know, then I need to help Mary. So, right. Right. So, in that mental aspect of of barbecue, do you have conversations with yourself? Do you talk to yourself during the cook? Do you? I might cuss you, myself. <laughs> do you put those <laughs> those goals like you know your plans? Do you have those written down? Do you have them, or is it just um, in your mind? It's it's you know I'm I'm a very visual person, so I definitely like I'll uh, and my wife thinks I'm crazy. I might be the only person that does this, but like. You know, have you seen those memes of uh of guys like laying in bed with like uh, thought bubbles above his head, and his wife's like saying, you know, I wonder which girl he's thinking of, and in the thought bubble, it's like, you know, talking about barbecue or like sports or <laughs> that's me, like to a T. Like I'll lay there in bed, and so I kind of one of my things is the week of a contest. You know, I sit there and I kind of game plan in my head, and you know, it's one of those like I'm running through steps, and that's another part of surgery. Like you, you know, you you kind of prepare, you mentally prepare for those, you know, so. You know, you run through steps and you run through kind of exactly. I knew going into that contest this last weekend, it's it's one that uh, um, it's a CTBA contest, the Central Texas Barbecue Association, and mm-hmm. I always like to call those as like my Texas tender textures. You know, it's like right. You know, like my my whole goal is like I'm going to cook everything as tender as I can get it before I start drying it out. And I nailed it on my ribs. Like thought I nailed it on my brisket too. My chicken was just not quite there. So yeah, like I definitely have that game plan that I, I like uh, once once the day's winding down because a lot of times like I I get up at five thirty to go to work and it's like go 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 until the end of the day and that's when I can kind of unwind and plan you know um, yeah plan my mode Man, of attack I can't think of another profession that would <laughs> prepare you for the level of detail like like going into surgery. I mean, <laughs> right. And, you know, that's that's definitely like uh, so like m- most of my backgrounds and like cardiac and vascular surgery. And, um, 
you know, like I've always been someone that's like, if there's a need, like I'll step up and help out. Um, and I, I hope anyone that's worked with me, like could, could vouch for that. I may not be the best person for the job, but I'm sure it's going to give it basically everything I got. You know, it's like, it's details matter. It's, you know, you're using certain size needles and certain size suture and certain instruments. And it all has a reason, you know, and a lot of, a lot of times it's like, you just got to know that why. So like when I'm cooking barbecue and like when I'm teaching someone or, you know, helping someone out, it's like, you know, I don't just say like, you're going to, you're going to smoke your meat till you get it to this color. Then you're going to wrap it. Like, you know, I like to give them the why, you know, and yeah. that's just based off of my experience. It's not necessarily the right or the wrong thing, but that's just based right. off of, you know, everyone. I feel like a lot of people in competition barbecue know who I am, you know, and there's still a lot of stuff that I could do. There's still a lot of, you know, there's a lot of contests, man. I, I haven't won a grant, a, uh, a, uh, not a grant, but a, uh, a major, you know, an overall at a major won some categories, had a couple really good calls, some good finishes, but you know, it's that, that big one that, uh, it, it's haunting me. So <laughs> I think you're going to get there sooner rather than later, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so doesn't mean, yeah. I mean, that's just fascinating to me thinking about the level of detail in your in your private life and then you know how you can apply that to to barbecue that's that's fascinating to me yeah um, and you know it's it's like super like I, I work with some people at work that are really getting into smoking and i like to think that i have had something to do with that but um mm-hmm. you know you start talking about like the scientific side of it you know that's something like i consider myself a bit of a nerd and some things you know like i i uh I like, I like to know why I like to know why stuff works the way it does. And, you know, like there's no stone left unturned, you know, I've got hours, like thousands of hours of research and barbecue, which is dumb, um, <laughs> you know, but it's like, like, you know, when you're obsessed with something and it's like, you're obsessive compulsive and you spend time on it. Of course, the last like two years, I haven't spent near as much time on it just because the kids and, you know, work and kind of getting that stage in my life. That's, that's uh you know no dull moment right well we've talked about how great you are let's talk about right we've talked about when let's talk about when you fucked up yeah (laughs) do you have any favorite failures of yours like during contests where you really were like wow i just learned a lot about myself or my cooker and and really set you up for success (laughs) going forward yeah so I mean, I will tell you, this is actually a pretty funny story. <laughs> so I'm, and I'm, I'll say this and I think everyone knows me. I'm a Cosmo guy, you know, like I, I'm tried and true. Like, you know, I know what I like and that's what I use and I'm a Cosmos fanboy. but I was up in, I think it was, I might have a trophy around here somewhere. I think it was 2018, um, in Oklahoma city, I think it was called Brickyard barbecue and I was in Alaska. And I don't know if I've told him this story. I don't know how many people. I know I've told a few people. But he was telling me about this new product he was coming out with. And it was his his uh, phosphate, um, his TR uh, uh-huh. phosphates. I don't know if you've seen that. Yep. And he's telling me how it's, you know, phosphates with tenderizer. I'm like, dude, I I want to play with it. Like, give me a bag. You know, and he's like, so he he, I buy a bag from him. He didn't give it to me, but um, I buy a bag and. <laughs> And he's telling me, he was like, Hey, like, don't just, don't use it this weekend, take it home, you know, practice with it, see what you think, 
you know, and kind of gave me some, some guidelines. Well, anyone that's taken my class or knows me, like, you know, I, I dumped that stuff in almost everything. Well, I thought, and not, not TR, but just moisture magic in general. So I thought that week and I said, you know what, like, I'm going to run this in chicken. Like, how can that be bad? I get my chicken just, I don't have to cook it to as hot of a temp because it has the tenderizer. So I'm going to get that good texture. Then I'm going to retain a lot of moisture because I'm being able to finish it at a lower temp. In my head, like, this all made sense, right? Uh-huh. So I go and I uh, I cook my chicken just like I usually do, but I swap my moisture magic for my that TR. I didn't tell Dad that I did this. You know, of course, <laughs> he's one that he's like, don't change anything. Just do do what you know. Well, I go to sauce chicken the next day and unwrap the pan, and I go to grab a chicken thigh out of my pan, and the bone comes straight up through the meat and skin and everything. I have a clean <laughs> bone that just slid right through the top of my thigh. And dad's looking at me and he's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know what? I, I look at him and I was like, dad, I messed up. I messed up. And, and you can't salvage that. Right. So I literally, I used a spatula to put some sauce on my thighs and get them in the box. I think I finished like next to dead last in chicken. And I, I deserve last place. Cause man, I like that stuff. I didn't realize how much that tenderizer like it, it works. <laughs> it works. It, it, and so when Dave was like, you know, hey, be careful with this stuff. Like, you know, kind of this is what I've been kind of thinking about, you know, using it here and there. And my head's like, I'm used on chicken, buddy. Like, and I'm going to run it. <laughs> um, but that stuff, it's pretty fascinating. You know, if, if you need something like, like, you know, steaks or, you know, it's there's a lot of really, really uh, interesting things you could do with that. But that's probably my biggest, my biggest, you know, technical screw up in a contest. Which still to this day, I think it was a good idea. <laughs> you know, it's just may, maybe a little less. I don't know. I would have loved to have been there to see the look on your dad's Dude, face. Dude, it was it was like <laughs> priceless. You know, and I, I wish that I wish that we could have filmed it. I wish that I knew that was about to happen. But it was like it was sheer terror because you know here I'm six hours from home. You know, and it's. It's like anytime we roll out of the driveway with the motorhome in the pit, you know, it's a $1,500 weekend already, you know, and right. that's, that's really before you get into like mills and stuff. So it's like, not that I'm counting on winning money. Like I would never, you know, it's, I don't cook barbecue for money. It's, it's a hobby. It's for fun, but shoot. Like when, when I know it's, you know, I got $1,500 on the line, just rolling out of the driveway. Like I sure want to put my best foot forward. And you, you kick off a, uh, a contest like that. And it's like, you know, I knew that I was hosed and chicken. <laughs> right. So back right. to that mental aspect, the, the rest of the cook, I'm like, I'm screwed. Like, why am I even trying? Right. You have to, you have to talk yourself, especially if that, if that screw up happens early, you have yeah. to talk yourself into like, you know what? I can still I can win still, a category. Yeah. Yeah. Win a category, get a nice trophy, get some points somewhere, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, that's you have to you have to be able to forget those things. That's a big learning right. thing. You cannot let it derail you. Yeah, and you you cannot. You know, I, I like to tell people too that you got to be the uh, like a goldfish. You know, like you got a ten second memory. You know, when stuff like that happens, like you got you got to mark it down so you don't do it again. You know, but for the rest of the day, like you got to forget that it happened and try to get some good boxes turned in. You know, like another good story about that is I don't know, um, 
I don't know what year it was, but you know, Travis Clark had a missed chicken turn in at the Jack one year. And yep. then he follows it up with like three really good calls, you know, and he, he was almost bound and determined from what I remember him saying that he had to get, he had to do something with those three boxes. Obviously he's not going to win the contest, but a lot of guys cook the whole year for the Jack, which, you know, I, I know I've done that, you know, you, you want to get to the Jack. So you're chasing them. Right. You know? Yeah. I forgot about that story and I'm the, interviewing Travis is going to be on the week after you. So yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested to, to kind of get the, uh, Cause it's been a while and, you know, I remember him saying it kind of in a group setting. So it was, I can't imagine, you know, that shaking that off right there. You know, here's one of my other big scripts was actually at the Jack. I cooked the Jack. I think it was 2018. Um, was that the year butcher won at 2018? I don't know this contest that you keep referencing. I'm not the familiar Jack, with it. You, I'm not whatever. familiar with it. Whatever. I've never been. So I don't know what it is. Well, um, I can tell you my, my dad went like nine years in a row and he won't let me forget it. <laughs> What'd you so, do at the Jack? I didn't do anything. I didn't place. I think I finished like 18th or 19th out of the, you know, the field. Um, well, no, what'd you, what mistake did you make? Oh, so I, uh, of course, like I, I had my game plan and, and I worked a full work week. So I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week. And, uh, if me, me, up I was like on call that weekend of Jack, but I was going, so I, I had to pay someone like two hundred bucks to cover my call at work. And uh, don't tell my wife because she just knows how expensive barbecue is and entry fees and meat costs. She doesn't know how much I paid people to cover for me at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, I think I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We left Temple at like nine p.m. Wednesday night. And wow. drove straight through to Lynchburg. So I think we got to Lynchburg around 8 or 9 a.m. And I was freaking beat. So I pretty much slept all day Thursday. But then, you know, you're like, you're there. It's like, I don't want to compare it to the Royal. You know, it, it's just one of those that's super prestigious. And like, it's it's almost, and it, it definitely isn't as, to me, as prestigious as like King of the Smoker was. Because, you know, you're kind of hand-selected at King of the Smoker based off of a resume and you know, also like it's, I think there's more, I, I, I don't exactly know how they select the teams at King of the Smoker, but you know, I think there is more into not just like how, how good of a cook you were and how good of a year you were having, but basically who you were. And if you were, you know, a good ambassador to barbecue, cause there's some really good cooks that just aren't good ambassadors, you know, they're not. Yeah. And that's, that's unfortunate for them. But, uh, so I, you know, wake up Saturday morning, I'm doing my usual cook and I'm right on line. And I remember I've looked back at my boxes and I put, put out four really beautiful boxes and I'm proud of the issue is I realized about 1130 that chicken turn in wasn't at noon. It was at uh, 1230. Everything was pushed back 30 minutes. So I was 30 minutes ahead of schedule, which is way better than being 30 minutes behind schedule. Right. Right. But it was, it was right there. Like that definitely like mental, mental roadblock for about five minutes because it's like okay what am i gonna do because my chicken's almost ready and i'm about to start dunking it in sauce but i have a whole extra 30 minutes and right. i i you know i've never really held chicken you know like what a, how, how do i make this work <laughs> so and plus like I, I did wings you know i didn't you know so you're holding wings you're holding all sorts of crap so that <laughs> that was another big mistake that hard to overcome that one yeah, but, yeah, that's uh, 
always know your turn and schedules, I guess, is the, mission, yeah, the yeah. lesson out of that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk uh, so. gear a little bit. Yeah. What's one of the most worthwhile investments that you've made in barbecue, competition barbecue? So um, I'm going to say this. This is kind of broad. My Jambo has probably, I'm going to roughly guess, I've probably got 60, 70, maybe 80,000 miles on it. And uh, it goes wow. with me everywhere. So mm-hmm. I would say, like, if, if I'm going to cook, I'm taking my Jambo, right? So that's definitely, and you just you just pick a pit that works for you. You know, I'm right here in Texas, and Jambos are all over. They're all over the country. But like, if I'm cooking on offset, I'm usually I'm going to be cooking on my on my Jambo, unless you know I might have something working in the works right now with another company that's near and dear to my heart, which we can talk about more later. So a good a good pit, and then I'm going to say uh, somewhere comfortable to sleep. You know, there's just like you go to a contest, there's just comfort aspect to it. You know. You got you to be able to relax. Even if it's those five-minute breaks, you get to sit down in the AC and turn the TV on. Yeah. You know, because you got to stay fresh. So those are going to be my two things. Those are expensive. Um, which are, are the expensive. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're the expensive things. But, you, you know, any, and then, you, like, what's that? Any cheap things? Yeah. I was going to say, the, the cheap things I'm going to say is, you know, there's, there's all sorts. Of, you could do it on your phone. Like, I've got a spiral notebook that, I used to freaking log my, uh, which is that's interesting to be able to refer back now. Cause you know, I've got cooks in there from 2015 or we, we went to Rio Dosa and, you know, so cooking in Artesia, New Mexico, or, you know, we went out to King of the Smoker, like I logged all those. So I've got just weather and humidity and how the cook went. And basically, you know, like my thoughts, I'm not necessarily, I haven't logged how I, my results, I guess I could look those up on KCBS, but that's something that I think has helped me. Yeah, that's good. I like to be able to refer back to, you know, okay, my, my pork, my pork's struggling right now. What was I doing three years ago? And if I was cooking it three years ago, do I have a geographical area that, you know, my pork was doing really well. You can kind of hone in on a few things, a few, maybe a few different techniques. So like yeah. I said, I nerded out about barbecue for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing to do though. Like, Kim Kim does that yeah. because she she knows I'm terrible at it, but she can tell you what recipe we cooked in 2015 right. at a contest right. in August. I mean, she can she can pull up everything. It's it's fun to go look at. <laughs> it it is, you know, and it's like it also gets very daunting, you know. I, I tell new people like, you know, you don't need a recipe book. Like I've I've got a spiral notebook that's got you know four or five recipes of, of each category. And really that's just, um, you know, you start, you start cooking something and it starts sliding off. You know, I, I don't necessarily just jump and change. Uh, you know, if, if, if you start trending downwards and you can't pick it up and you're cooking the same recipe you've been cooking for the last two years, like I, I like to know what I was doing a couple of years ago that was working, you know, and I might roll the dice on one of those. Um, you know, you start seeing certain guys walk that, they, you know, they used to be really hot two, three years ago, and now they're kind of picking it back up. But what was I doing two, three years ago to, you know, myself to compete with them? And right. that's where I think like having all that stuff logged, you can you can go back and reference that stuff. Yeah, no, that's great, great advice yeah. and something that you just reminded me. I made a change two weeks ago that I did not yeah. <laughs> document yet, and I need to do that. We'll see and. <laughs> 
you know, that's like, I'm, I'm guilty of, you know, starting with a recipe and at the end of the year, like you're cooking the same recipe, but you've changed everything about it, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> like you right. changed the, the type of butter, you've changed the, the pan size you're cooking it in. You've changed, like, you've you just changed everything. You've changed when you're brining in it, when you're kind of putting it on the pit, what temp you're running the pit at, like it's a completely different recipe. And then you yeah. wonder why you're not hitting like you were in the beginning of the year. Right. Right. You know? I've been dealing, dealing with that with a student, you know, yeah. And uh, they switched pits and they don't understand why the result's different. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's not going to be well, the it's same. Like, like, I'll tell you, like, I think, I think certain recipes translate back and forth from like types of pits. You know, you get like a drum versus a jambo. There's yeah. recipes that definitely translate back and forth. There's also recipes that I don't think translate back and forth very well. Like, you know, if I'm going to cook my chicken on a jambo versus the drum, like I, I do a little bit of difference, um, and how I, you know, how I prep it. Um, part of it's just, you know, a trend, but you know, it's just kind of knowing, knowing your, uh, your equipment and what you, what you got to do to get that result you need. So, right. You Especially know, and if I think, you switch, I think, if you switch from something dramatically dramatic, like a cabinet cooker to a offset. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, and the, the airflow is completely different. The the type of smoke flavor is completely different. It's definitely one of those, like, I, I've gone into contests that I know, like, it's freaking canned territory. I'm about to get drugged. So, like, I, I, I can do a few things on the Jambo that part of it is is I've now, like, in the last year started taking a drum with me everywhere. So I can do a few things with, you know, having a one can with a Jambo that if I'm going into can country and I know like, you know, I look at the last five years of this contest and see that Brad Leiniger's won it. I'm not going to sit here and think, well, Brad Leiniger's won it because he's a badass cook. I'm going to just say that it's a can territory, you know, or something. <laughs> right. It's Simply definitely try not to sli- Brad. Slide at Brad. It's not, it's not Brad. It's not um, Brad at all. But you know, like I, I know that, you know, they, they like that flavor, you know, so I can try to emulate it the best I can with, with my equipment. I take a drum with me everywhere now too. And, it's just it's such a handy piece of equipment oh yeah to have like you know one of the best things ever said on this podcast was from timmy who said he was like he's like man half an hour is an eternity on a drum he's like you can pretty much do anything you need to do to that meat to make it better on the drum and i mean and i've talked about learning from your own podcast i believe it there's been times yeah. where I've needed to throw things in there I, and be like, okay, <laughs> let's get it. Yeah. No, I, I completely believe it. And it's something like the way that heat comes through, they're like 300 degrees on a drums, you know, different than 300 degrees on a jambo, you know? And it's like, it's, it's hard to explain that to someone that hasn't experienced it, but I'm, I'm going to have a, a can and a, uh, my jambo with me. And it's like, I don't think I can get away from it. You know, now right. it's, I tried, man, I really tried, Cause it's, it was just a hassle being in a, in a big 40 foot motor home with a, a Jambo, you know, I, I have a J three, so I don't have like the, the side cart that I can throw the drum up in. I really wanted to take a drum with me. I have to, uh, I have to lay it on its side and wrap it in a blanket and put it in the underbelly of the motor home. Um, but last year I, I made a, uh, like a bracket. And it's a cargo hitch off the back of my Jambo that I kind of tucked up underneath the firebox uh, with a drum like cradle that I can <laughs> strap a drum into. It's, it's freaking like, I actually think it's pretty slick. Um, until like the strap breaks and the drum falls off and kills like a family of four. 
Um, Jeez. Like, yeah, I know. Like, uh, it's got dark, <laughs> dude. So, so you should see, like, when we strap this thing on, like, it's like dad and I both are like out there with freaking extra straps. It's like, you think that's enough? Put another one on it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause, cause I don't want to live with that on my conscience. <laughs> right. I, well, I've been saying for a long time now that I think the perfect pit now is a J5. Mm-hmm. Freaking, uh, Instead of the Qualls. chicken cooker. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Qualls? Dude. I haven't I seen him. It. Yeah. He, he took the chicken cooker off and has it where he can drop a drum right there. Yeah. I it's just it's beautiful. That, yeah. That's, that's the perfect setup. And then. So, so the move that I'm going right now, and this is something like, I, I hate to really even put the cart before the horse because we haven't started it. Uh, but my brother and his buddy have been building some custom smokers right here in, in Temple. Oh really? And they're yeah, they're really focusing on like big restaurant style five hundred thousand gallon smokers, mm-hmm. um, and you know they they constantly are getting guys like, hey, build me a backyard, build me a backyard. Well, their backyard's like the size of a chambo. Like it's, you know, and because really by the time they like source all the small stuff, it's like they've got more time and effort in a three thousand dollar backyard pit than they do you know, like mm-hmm. an $8,000, 500 gallon, or I don't, I don't know how much they charge for their pits to be completely honest. So I'm, uh, I've got some ideas on what I want to do and it's, it's not going to be a Jambo copy. Like, I'll just say that right now. That's something that I don't want to roll into a contest and someone look at it and be like, Oh, look at that Kmart, uh, Jambo, you know, like <laughs> I want to roll in and, and someone's like, dang, what is, what is that pit? Like, I've never seen one of those, you know? Of course, yeah. it's not going to be reinvent the wheel, but you know, insulated firebox. They, they really they've been doing round fireboxes, round tanks. Yeah, which I really like, um, just because like flat firebox. Like I run a charcoal basket to keep all my charcoal in one place, you know, so it doesn't fall apart on the grate. But round tank, you know, it all settles to the bottom. Like it's just like the pits, and I've cooked on the two fifty probably half a dozen times. You know, I just need to there's some certain aesthetics that I want. So that's why we're kind of trying to source some of the, what I need, what I want, but I'm going to build a custom comp rig with a drum already cradled on the side that I don't have to unload that I cook right there on the trailer with it. That's so, um, that's, yeah, that's the move I'm going. So that's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. So I like that uh, idea, but, but I have to say that you, are one of the influences as uh, influences as influences on me in terms of switching to a jambo. Oh, really? Yeah, when I met you, you guys, know, I saw and- the color. I saw the color that you got <laughs> when you got that. And I was like, ah, I'm not gonna say he's copying me, but <laughs> I got I lucked into that J3. <laughs> I, it still makes somebody pretty mad that I have it, but you know, it's all yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blaine yeah, will get it over. It. It's is. fine, right? You know, if, if hey, if you don't have haters, man, you're doing something wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, who's gosh. Blaine, by the way? Yeah, that guy from Nebraska. I don't, I don't know of anyone significant with the name Blaine. I heard his restaurant is okay. You know, it's just okay. That's what you I've know, heard. I, I heard it's kind of like the place up in Iowa. It just has no soul. Oh, that's a big word. That's fighting words, dude. <laughs> that's no, hilarious. hey, put put it on put it on the record. I think those guys are all right. No, they're 
Two of the best. They are. They are. Speaking hey, of, and, you know, of, I, I gotta say, Blaine's a Texas boy. You know, he might not be a Texas boy right now, but he know he knows where home is. He does, and he goes back there often. And uh, he does, he does. Have to listen to his Astros bullshit. I yeah, like that. You know, the, the game's <laughs> delayed right now with the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> it's not much of a game anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the Orioles. So, I gotta ask this question, and you can't say your dad. Okay. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? I, I can't say my dad. Can't say your dad because so, we all know it's your dad, other than your father. All right. Someone who's an amazing person. Family. Yeah. Yeah. If if I had to go with anyone other than my dad, she would roll her eyes until they fell out of her head. Um, <laughs> but I would I would honestly have to say my wife. And part of the reason is like she's never been impressed. And wow. I say that as in like, I know it's like I, I could go to a contest and win a contest and I'm trying to think which contest it was. I did a local contest like three years ago. I think it was Bob. It was called Bob Miracle Memorial here in Temple. It was another CTBA. And I want to say I was like first, first, third in the three categories out of like 40, 45 teams. Uh-huh. And I go home and she like looks at me and she's like, well, why'd you get third place? Wow. And I'm, and I'm like, the critics, <laughs> you know, that live in this house are ridiculous. <laughs> Like there's like 40 teams here and I got first, first, third and overall grand champion. Like you can't be proud of me. And she, she is, but she's also like, she's the one that definitely like, there's a little piece of me. that's like, I've got to, I've got to freaking, I got to get some emotion out of her on this, you know? Cause like she does so much for our family that, and she lets me go and run and, and do barbecue cook-offs, man. Like, uh, 2017, I think dad and I ran like 32,000 miles on the motorhome. Um, it wow. was a lot. And, and with um, three young kids. Yeah. So at the time we only had one and part of it, honestly, it was funny. Like the, I told her, you know, Hey, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do a lot of contests this year. And I think I ended up doing like 33, 34 and it was, it was mixed IBCA, KCBS, CTBA. Mm-hmm. But she was like, well, you're going to have to take William with you. You know, I don't think you're going to want to do that. Like, I don't know if you can. And part of it was like, well, shoot, you don't, think i can like you don't think i can <laughs> do a contest and watch my my one-year-old son like we'll watch this let me prove you wrong um <laughs> but so she's she's definitely one that like you know i've got a i, I want to impress her you know so she's definitely influenced me to try to you know be better and do more and like at the end of the day like i roll into a contest and really i'm getting to this is really bad to say but i'm getting to the point that i could almost care less if i win you know like i want to mm. win uh, but you really, it's like, I'm there for a good time. You know, I'm there for, you know, a lot of, a lot of people I've grown to really like, you know, appreciate and like consider them like part of my extended barbecue family. And I see them five or six, seven, eight times a year. And, you know, it's like, I look forward to just going out and sitting around, you know, a solo stove on Friday night and shooting the shit. Yeah. So, you know, and like I, I tell people like at the end of the day, like there's, there's a huge luck aspect with barbecue, something a lot of people just, you can't, you can't explain like it's you can cook the best cook you've ever had and finish, you know, eighth overall out of 30 teams and really wonder why you just didn't have the luck that day. And yeah. and maybe your luck came, you know, your blessing came getting you home safe to your family. I don't, you know, the, like the, the world works in mysterious ways. Kim and, and I were talking about the, that today. So really like that's, 
that's, you know, that's my whole philosophy is like, I want to win. I want to do good, but um, I also want to have a good time. You know, like I, I don't want to ruffle a lot of feathers and, you know, sit there and stir a lot of shit up. And, you know, some people, I think that's what they live for, but not me. Barbecue has given us so much more than a little bit of money and a lot of trophies. Yeah. Yeah. It gave I mean, you money. You get paid to do this. <laughs> Some places. <laughs> there's there's a couple places that I've that I've won that I still haven't yeah. been paid. Um, oh wow! That's, yeah, that's that's a, that's a, that's a whole another podcast. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I I can say I put it on the record. I, every contest I've cooked that's given me a check, it's it's cleared the bank. I know a lot of people that have had issues with that. It's the it's the seedy side of what we do. You know, it's yeah. People put together a contest that shouldn't, and then they can't pay for it. And it happens. Yeah. But again, yeah, if no. that's the reason we're doing it, then that's the wrong reason. Right. And I agree. Are you superstitious at all? Dude, freaking blue underwear every time I cook. You think blue I'm underwear. Pants me next contest. You see me, I'll be, I'll be wearing blue underwear. <laughs> I'm probably one of the most superstitious people so dad used to have this song when when uh he was cooking that let me see when it came out mary chafin carpenter i think was her name oh wow it was i'm feeling lucky mary (laughs) chafin carpenter mary chafin carpenter so this song yeah so he he would always play fm radio back in the day and it came out in 1992 like that was a, a relatively popular song. And I can't tell you how many times we would be like just getting back from brisket turn in and that song uh-huh. would be coming on the radio. And he had like this huge outdoor, like, you know, uh, huge speakers that he'd set up and it would come on and it was like, he was going to win. That was just, that was it. That was the sign, you know, that he was going to win. So like, I used to play that song all the time after turn in, um, you know, and you can ask, uh, there's a guy I used to run around with and I think he's like, I don't know if he's ever going to cook again. His name's, uh, Eric Honeycutt. He used to cook under old 99 barbecue out of like Conroe area, him and his cousins. He hated mm-hmm. it. I played it all <laughs> the time. He hated it. He'd like try to come over and unplug the, the speaker. <laughs> but so that, that's one, um, trying to think of what else we usually, we don't really talk about like how we think we're going to do. We, we'll usually dad and I will sit down before awards and we'll kind of rank our categories. You know, we're usually pretty in tune. Like, you know, this last weekend he thought brisket was our best category than ribs and chicken. I thought ribs and brisket than chicken. So, mm-hmm. you know, which brisket and ribs were both pretty good, but, um, and then we don't, we don't like to, uh, you know, there's some guys don't like to post pictures of their meat online. I don't really care about that. Just all those baseball superstars though like you know a certain hat oh, certain pair sure. of socks certain underwear definitely yeah. underwear are the key I, I it's the key it's the key for me as well and yeah you know what screwed hat. me up man i was like no it's blue uh it's always blue <laughs> but i was having like you know one of my my best years i've ever had and my wife bought me more of the same blue underwear and then i lost the lucky underwear in the other blue underwear so it's like Russian roulette every contest now. It's like I've got four pairs. So, oh, you know, wow. it's like, yeah, she ruined it. Well, but I mean, you know what? Maybe, maybe I just wear all four of them. 
That's why me undies. I don't run into those it's problems. Me undies. It's it's me undies, dude. You don't wear me undies, do you? Really? I got a freak, dude. I got a freaking pair on right now. I got that's cherries all- <laughs> on. Yellow pair with cherries. That's all I wear right now. I have the the uh, snow leopard print. It's like four years old. Yeah. Me undies. That's amazing that you wear them. Me undies. Do you know, dude, do you know how many people I've turned on to those? Yeah. I, well, I know. Yeah, I've, dude, y'all have like dropped y'all's drawers to show it off at the Royal like two years ago. And I was like, man, I feel like I'm part of this brotherhood, but I don't want to unleash it yet. I want to keep right. it hidden. You're like a ninja, like an so, underwear ninja. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that'll be the, so. that'll be the uh, title of this podcast, Underwear Ninja. Underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so other than yeah, Mary I mean, Chapin Carpenter, do you guys listen to other music? So... About 11.30, I usually kick on uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And we'll nice. run Stevie Ray Vaughan until Pork. I mean, I'll usually at Pork change it to George Strait Radio. Um, I just got to tone it down a little bit for Pork. And then Brisket's just wild card. Right maybe on. some Eagles, you know, maybe some you know classics. Or what, does, uh, what does Joe Dirt say? <laughs> None of that pussy shit. <laughs> but I guess, I guess George Strait might be, I don't know. I don't want to insult him. Depends on your perspective, I guess. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So that's that's usually the routine. A little bit of Stevie Ray, um, about 11.30, and then George Strait, and then I'll do something a little bit more upbeat for brisket, get us through brisket. And then I like to to turn in my trades at a certain time. And part of it's like maybe a little strategy, maybe some, I'm just an idiot. I don't know. It's, it's almost ruined me a few times, but I like to go early with chicken ribs and then late with pork and brisket. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty routine, but I think chicken and ribs are going to hit a table pretty quick and then pork and brisket, they might have to shuffle some stuff. And I sure don't want them to set mine to the side of the shuffle and then it just sit there for five minutes before it goes. So Right, um, right. I usually try to hit like the first three minutes of the window, then the last three minutes of the window with the other two. Wow, Dude, you do have a lot of things. <laughs> yeah one of the coolest buildings and actually i'll tell you this the two stories here one of the coolest buildings is uh you know when you start start doing really well and really well i'm gonna say that real loosely um because i've never been like at the level of brad Leiniger or blaine or you know for sure darren or anyone but when you start walking up there and people start seeing you walk in your box and so they start holding theirs to see which tray you set down on you know and it's like they don't want to end up on your table with you. Like I, which honestly I've been the complete opposite. Like I used to tell dad, like find the baddest son bitch when you're walking up there and sit down with him. Cause I want to find out, I want to find out like how I'm doing, you know? Absolutely. Um, like I, and dad, everyone says it, but you know, in order to be the best, you've got to beat the best. So like, why, why hide from it? Why, you know, crawl dad around. And, um, you know, it's like those guys that drive past a, a 90 team comp, 30 minutes from their house to go four hours to a, you know, 35 team comp, you know, that's just like, I don't get down with that. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Cedar park, like three weeks ago, I freaking, maybe I dreamed this probably. <laughs> let's just say I dreamed it because I don't, I don't know if this was real, but, um, I was set up in the front kind of away from a lot of people, uh, not really away from a lot of people, but just not in the middle the mix of every, everything. And, um, my alarm went off at like 4.50 and I'm laying there in bed and I just knew I had, you know, 5 a.m. is usually when I kind of just roll out the door. So I'm laying there 
and I can hear uh, like a group of like four guys walking down our aisle and they're talking real loud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't really understand what they're saying, but then they get right up outside of our camper and they're right by our pit. And one of them says, son of a bitch, fat boys barbecue is here. We're screwed. His buddy like speaks up and he's like, yeah, an American dream team's right there next to him. We ain't got a chance in hell. And they walk off and I was sitting there giggling. Cause it was like my third contest of the year. I did, I did the double in Shawnee, like in March, uh-huh. and, you know, here it is in June and I'm doing my third contest. And like, I'm, you know, sitting here in my head, like, you know, my routine, what I'm going to go do. what, I, And really, I just wanted, you know, if I would have won the contest, great. I just wanted to be with my four boxes, you know? Right. Um, but you know, it was, it was freaking, it was hilarious. I sat there and started giggling. So, um, that's funny. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You know, you start getting to that level and you, it's humbling. You start having those. Yeah. It's super humbling. Yeah. It's humbling. Well, we're going to have to do a part two at some point, dude. Yeah, dude, I got a ton of stories and I'll talk. Yeah, we got, off. we got like, we got through half the questions. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I talked too much. No, no, it's perfect. But we have to do the rapid fire because the rapid fire is all right. All right, let's go. You ready? Yeah. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? That it's one way or no way. Like it's 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 open ended. You know, it's what you want it to be. Right. There's that's why barbecue is. There's no rules. There's there's a thousand different ways to do it. Dude, I used to like Rick Davis. uh, One of my buddies used to you know hashtag no rule uh no no budget barbecue and i told him it, like I, I cook with no rules barbecue like if you tell me it's a chicken injection or a beef injection i might try it in chicken you know like vice versa like if i think it's good right. i'm gonna do it and i don't care what your packaging says <laughs> <laughs> that's so, fantastic yeah all right do you have a favorite pre during or post competition meal i'm gonna have to say stuffed french toast from ihop post wow just stuff, just, dude. It's just something about it. Okay. Stuffed French toast. It's just something about it. it What's it spot. stuffed with? It's like I don't know. Just cheap. I mean, it's like you know, <laughs> basically like a, a cream cheese filling. Okay. Uh, with like blueberries and strawberries on top. And that sounds pretty good. <laughs> dude, yeah. It's like the the last thing I want after barbecue is meat. You know. Oh yeah, Our pizza, sure. cheese pizza is pretty solid too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite present that you like to give to people? Present. Hmm. Mm. Can I say gift cards? Absolutely. Now I'm a terrible <laughs> gift giver. Mine's underwear. Underwear. Yeah. Oh, that's solid. That's very personal. I like that. Sometimes it's <laughs> great when it's too personal. Ooh. <laughs> and people. People are like, why did you send me underwear? I like, just put them on, bro. Just put them on. You'll thank Dude, me later. Hey, and <laughs> I am not sponsored, but if, if uh, MeUndies wants to reach out to me, uh, check me out on Instagram or Facebook. But um, there's n- no way to explain the cradle that it gives, the support, it's the fantastic. softness. I've been trying to get them to sponsor the podcast. Dude, I'll I'll write a letter. I don't know who to send it to, but <laughs> <laughs> they're very responsive with their nose. So we'll see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question: If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, 
getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? You know, I, mm, this isn't very rapid fire, man. <laughs> is it, is it fair? Is it fair to say, uh, I don't know, no rules barbecue, like quit, get out of the box and quit doing what you think is normal, you know, like what you, what you expect. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it's best to be in like the, uh, the avenue of what competition barbecue is, but nothing says that, you know, you've got to freaking smoke your brisket, how your grandpa used to other right than on. nostalgia. So no, that's great. I that's like it's cheap, right? <laughs> not really. You know, if you just say, get out of the well, box, that's a good yeah, thing. You know, it's also like, uh, what's that, what's that, the golden rule and kindergarten like do unto others as you have done to yourself like it's good to know like who your friends are you know and barbecue because especially when you start doing well everyone becomes your friend absolutely you got to start kind of weeding through that so um be open but play it safe safe to vest is that the word is that the saying (laughs) i don't know close to the vest i'm too close to the vest yeah (laughs) i'm too dumb for this no you're not this is a fantastic episode dude thank you so much for being on here <laughs> where can people find yeah, you man, out online you. anything you want so, to plug yeah so um check out i mean my personal facebook page will get you right to me Corey mikes but fat boys barbecue we've got a facebook page we've got an instagram and then if you want to check out the smokers my brother's building loco smokers l-o-c-o smokers I think it's awesome, you know, all the stuff. And I'm always like, I've got a class online at Barbecue Champs Academy, you know, so if it's something that you need help with, uh, you kind of get unlimited access to me reasonably, you know, like I usually give myself about 24 hours to reply to questions and stuff, but I've got a lot of guys that are doing really great things right now that have gone through that uh, class. So that's cool, you know, and it's, it's all for the love of barbecue, right? It's, this isn't my job. This isn't my full-time gig it's it's a it's a hobby and you know it's uh just something to keep the ball going because this has been a big part of my life so love it dude love it i also want to just go ahead and urge everybody to go check out loco smokers especially on instagram there's some really cool builds on there yeah and they'll do anything custom you know they can do the like i don't think anyone's requested like a uh like a clean finish you know what i mean like yeah like jambo jambo's like a clean finish these are all like i hate to use the patina you know but these are like those you think of like texas offset that's what they're building you know but they're building them better they're insulated firebox great airflow you know big smokestacks big fireboxes um you know and just efficient they're 500 gallon you know that's usually like a split or two every 45 minutes to an hour and for something that you're can cook you know 20 briskets on that's pretty remarkable yeah these are these are some cool shots folks yeah Make sure you go yeah. check that out <laughs> dude check out that shark one you like that you see that it's one amazing it's amazing it's cool. <laughs> um obviously styled after like a uh, air force bomber yeah but, that's pretty uh, dope it's freaking cool yeah cool so, man well thank you very much for your time of course man yeah thank you dude Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, 
and to share it out with your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. Next week, we have a big one for you. Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue, one of the greatest of all time. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. Old Virginia Smoke.